Welcome this morning to the Lord's house. We're going to begin our service, please, by singing Psalm 92, and we will stand as we worship the Lord. Let's take a moment now and just be still in the Lord's presence and come with joy, thanksgiving, appreciation that we're here today and that we have the the opportunity given us once more to rejoice and to worship Him. Let's please bow in prayer. Our loving God, gracious Father, we wait now this morning in Jesus' precious name. And we come, Lord, to humble ourselves in Your holy presence, praying for the help of the Spirit of God for our daily worship. Today, being the Lord's Day, we have been given again an opportunity. Another week has passed with all of its details and happy times and challenging and sad issues. And Father, we thank Thee today that we have the opportunity of coming to settle ourselves in Your presence, in this house of prayer and praise. And Lord, as we have begun to sing the psalms and hymns of thanksgiving and worship, we pray that today we will be anointed with fresh oil for service the Holy Spirit will give to us that power which is not of ourselves. And I pray for power to speak the Word of God clearly, and that everyone here would enter in to receive the Word and to see our lives changed 
by the application of the truth to us. Dear Father, give us much help and much strength and clear direction. Give us that daily enabling power to live above the world and to not be overcome with temptation. For we know Satan's ploy against us, Father, is that we will stumble and fall and our testimony will be set aside and will not be able to serve our God. But help us, we pray, each day that we live to come closer and to make more progress in our Christ-likeness. Dear Father, help us to this end. Bless our time today. Bless us around the, the table at the end of this service. Be with us in our afternoon prayer and the evening meeting. Bless the Sunday school that has already happened now for the boys and girls, the message they heard, for our young adult class and the adult Bible class. Father, all of these areas we gather and pray earnestly for Your spirits to be poured out in help. Bless every part of our outreach. Remember today, Father, those who are not well, not able to be here in person. Help and sustain them. Bless them abundantly. Remember those who are going through times of spiritual battle just now, perhaps emotional struggle. Lord, help them. Encourage them. And let them not be set aside or put on the back burner. But Rather, Lord, may we all be hot for our God, knowing the Spirit's power enabling us day by day. Pray for those who still mourn the loss of loved ones. Father, come near and comfort every heart, we pray today. And turn our eyes upon Jesus to look full in His wonderful face, because then all the things of life we know will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Dear Lord, hear us now today. Remember our land. Remember our leaders. We pray for the new Premier of Ontario, elected to a new term of office. Lord, we pray that You would oversee and overturn directions and laws and ways that are not according to Your will. And Father, help us. We pray that the church of Christ will not be hindered, but allowed to progress and go forward. Defeat every attempt of the devil to stop the onward march and the witness and the work of true and faithful followers of Jesus. Hear our prayer today. Be with us now. We ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. We'll sing again, please, to the Lord's praise and honor. Number 196, our blessed Redeemer. If using our hymnal, it's verses 1, 2, 4, 5, and 6. We'll stand to the Lord's praise.
Amen. You may be seated. How true the words of the last stanza, that every thought that a believer is able to have of virtue, of truth, of honesty, of holiness, all of these things offered unto the Lord, they are because of the indwelling Spirit of God that enables and strengthens us. And so we thank the Lord today for Him. We're going to read, please, in two portions of Scripture today. First of all, Joshua chapter 1, the book of Joshua chapter 1, and then moving ahead to Hebrews chapter 13. Joshua 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Then please over to Hebrews chapter 13. Reading the first six verses. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, 
and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. We know the Lord will bless His Word to our hearts today as we have read. We trust it will be a blessing to everyone here. I want to welcome you this morning to our morning worship service. Very glad that you're here with us today. And if you're in person, you're especially welcome. And those viewing our service online today, we want you to know you're very, very welcome indeed. Do please continue to remember some of our congregation members and attenders that are not doing well and those who are recovering from surgery or procedures. I want to remember our brother Steve Kelly today. I know he appreciates very much the congregational prayer for him and his wife Carol at this time. Continue to hold up our sister Serene in your prayers, our brother Ron Blair. And we know we have others that have come through times of difficulty and recent bereavement. We want to remember each one of them before the Lord in prayer. Let's not forget to pray for the believers, the church in the Ukraine, as they continue to go through very difficult times and that God would help them and undertake for them. And if you would like to contribute something toward those who are refugees, you can mark your offering envelope and we'll see that that goes to an appropriate destination to be sure it gets to the targeted area. I don't know if you noticed when you were driving in today, but we have some new gospel signs that have been posted on our property as you go up Nielsen. And a word of great appreciation to our brother Alec Newell. He put those signs on two large, or four posts rather, and they've been put in the ground. And we pray that God will make use of the gospel texts that are on those signs and that will be seen by cars, thousands of them, that drive up and down the road each day. And the Lord will make use of that as a positive witness for the gospel. We have been praying for a long time for our electronic sign that's facing out towards Nielsen and Finch, and praying the gospel word that is scrolled there 24 hours a day will also be used by the Spirit of God for the salvation of souls. Remember today, please, our service this afternoon of prayer, prayer time at 5.50, and then our evening service at 6.30. This Wednesday will be our Bible study and prayer time at the regular uh, situation, and we hope to continue our study in Psalm 63. We'll be looking at verse 4 on Wednesday evening, all being well. A couple of advance announcements for you. One of them has to do with next Lord's Day uh, in the afternoon. We're going to have special times of prayer uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And so on the Lord's Day afternoon, it will be at uh, 4.50. We'll meet for just over an hour uh, for concentrated prayer for the needs of our city and our province and our nation and for God's reviving in our own congregation here. Uh, much needed prayer for all areas of our ministry. And then 
On Monday evening, that will be the 13th and the 14th at 7.30. There will also be times of prayer. And so please, if you're able to come or join online, it will be very, very much appreciated. Don't forget also, please, on July the 1st, we'll be having our church family barbecue, Canada Day, and that will be at 5 p.m. and running just until dusk. And there will be some fireworks as well. But it'll be a nice time of fellowship. And if you'd like to invite a friend, then I encourage you to do that. There will be a, a, a list, a sign-up sheet out the back for you to put your name on. Also, don't forget about next Saturday. No, not next Saturday, the one after that. That's the 18th of June. We'll be having the Highland Creek Festival outreach. And if you'd like to be a part of that, even to come for an hour or so, you know, sign up on that sheet that's out in the foyer, and we'll be sure, Mr. Jew will be sure to put you to work uh, for that time. Those are things specifically for our prayer. As you can see, the table is set before us today for communion after this service. And this is the Lord's table, and if you are born again of God's Spirit, if you know the Savior and you're walking in fellowship with Him, then you're very welcome to join with us around the table at the end of our service today. We're going to sing again now to the Lord's praise, number 506, remaining seated while we sing. Let's stand, please, for this final verse and really lift our hearts to the Lord.
rejoicing in this great truth that we are held in the hand of our Lord and no power can take us out of His hand. We are kept secure in Him. Take courage. Final verse. Now please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. John's Gospel, chapter 14. We're going to read, please, from verse 12 to 18. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, Keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Please join with me for prayer. Father, we pray again as we have this Word open that, Lord, we will take these words to our heart, praying for the help of the Spirit of God to show us 
to reveal your mind, to teach us the path that we are to go, to help us, Lord, to see things clearly when the devil would attempt to make them obscure, when Satan would try to distract our attention from being founded and grounded on the Word. Lord, help us today. I pray for the Spirit's help in delivering the message, and I pray, Lord, for understanding to be given to each one. I pray, Father, for unsaved here today or online, they would be brought to faith in Christ. Bless us now. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen. Verse 18 is what I want us to think about primarily today from this portion, where Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The title simply we are never alone. Never alone. It's hard to imagine the array of feelings that took hold of the disciples and filled their hearts as they learned that their Lord would shortly depart from them. Emotions like surprise, shock, sadness, upheaval, and fear. All these things. But it was not simply the departure of someone they had respected and depended on. We all have had that experience in our lives. It was much more than that in this case because they were following the Messiah. They believed that Christ had come from God and was the one who was fulfilling the promises that the Old Testament spoke so distinctly about. And so when they heard from the lips of Messiah that Jerusalem had been forsaken and that an awful doom was on the heels and coming to that place. Their whole life had been turned upside down. They did not know whether they were coming or going. They did not know what the future held for them. All things became very foggy, misty, and unclear. And indeed, they were overcome with trouble. That's why, of course, the Lord was coming to them and speaking that they should not be troubled. But no sooner did He have those words out of His mouth, don't be troubled, they were still filled with trouble. They still had fear. They still had uncertainty. How were they going to do? Where were they going to go? What would become of them? 
They were troubled because they were going to be left alone. Left, as they felt, destitute, abandoned, afraid. Maybe, friend, maybe something that you have felt recently, or maybe right now you are feeling that very thought. What has happened? Would that thought have gone through their mind? What has all gone wrong? And it's not too far away for any one of us at any time to pose that very question to the Lord. What, what has happened, Lord? Where, where, what's gone wrong? Where are we going? What's the answer to all this? Well, now, there is good news. There is good news to the weary soul. And there are words of comfort that poured out from Jesus to His bewildered followers. And they're the same words, I reassure you today, that can settle and will settle your mind. They will stabilize your feet. These words will calm your heart. And you know what they will do? They will give to us perspective on life. They will help us to see clearly when maybe many around us are not seeing so clearly. Of course, we know the ungodly have no light, really. And whatever light they think they have ultimately becomes darkness. But I'm talking about believers that sometimes we can be in an element of darkness and yet to come and reassure a brother, a sister, come back to the Word of the Lord. Come back to the promises that God has given to us. And when the Spirit of God reinforces those exceeding great and precious promises to our hearts, then they will come to us with fresh strength, encouragement, and the fortitude to say, I'm going on with God. I'm not going back the way I came. I'm going forward with my Savior. And I challenge young people here today, you're setting out on your Christian journey for the most part, young adulthood, beginning to make your own decisions of life, I say to you again, come and build your thought processes upon God's holy Word. Build your life and your direction and your hope and your expectations upon the precious promises that God has given to you. Because when you do that, you will find that God never fails you. But you take your own course, you go your own way, and you will find, and we all have done this the hard way, we will find that things just don't work out quite the way we had hoped. God's promises are real. They are precious. They are powerful. They have come to us with the authority of heaven. And as we think on them today, Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Can we trust 
that this morning? Christian, I ask you today, can you trust the Lord for this? You say, Pastor, if you only knew the weight and the burden upon my heart, if you only know how broken I was because of unsaved children, if you only know what uncertainty I am facing in my relationship, husband-wife, or maybe what illness is just around the corner. Oh, friend, I say to you today, as I speak to myself, I need to rest upon the Word of the living God. I need to repose myself on the promises of Jesus. Because when I do, I will know that He never fails. Let us trust Him today. He will not leave us helpless, hopeless, forsaken. Think with me in the first place today as we look at this verse. We will never be alone. Never be alone. The promise that Jesus gave we find in verse number 16. He said, I will pray the Father and He shall give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. We know that the comforter is the Holy Spirit. The word another that's joined with the word comforter it means another of the same kind or another of a similar kind. The Holy Spirit is not working at odds with the Father and the Son. There is a perfect harmony of thought and action in the Trinity of God's holy persons. I mean, how could it be otherwise? God is one, and when Jesus said that the Father would send another Comforter, it was really an extension of the purpose of the Godhead to lead and to protect His people, bringing them comfort and protection and peace and the knowledge they will never be alone. The Comforter was promised to come and not be a guest. Sometimes we find that word in a hymn, maybe a poem, about the blessed heavenly guest. It's not true. The Holy Spirit in a believer's life is not a guest that comes and then goes when the going gets tough. No, no, He is a resident he is a permanent fixture in the heart and life of the child of God. And it is the presence of the third person of the Trinity that reveals truth to our hearts. The Holy Spirit reveals the promises of God. He is called in our verses that we have read, the Spirit of truth. In a day of darkness and compromise and error, it's good to know 
that we are led by the Spirit of truth. It's good to know that everything that God has revealed in His Holy Word is truth, absolute, perfect, unaltering, because it has come from the God of heaven. He is the Spirit of truth, and believer, He will never, ever lead you into error. Know this and depend on it. And so when we are in a state of confusion or of uncertainty, we need to come back to the Lord and rest before Him and pray that the Spirit of God will lead us in clarity, will lead us in His truth, will lead us unmistakably. When we feel that we are alone, there is a real danger of of grasping at solutions that are based more on emotion than they are on truth. And we know what that's like. We're afraid. We're filled with fear. And so we want to get or have the the knee-jerk reaction of just something that's spontaneous as a result of our fearful situation. When that happens, we have proved that's the wrong path to take. It is always good to submit our minds to the leading of the Spirit through the Word, to keep our wandering minds on track. We're all prone to this, not so much when things are going smoothly, but when the going gets tough, when we are tempted to think that we are alone. And no one, no one understands. Is that where you are today, friend? Believer, is that the place that you find yourself today, filled with fear, uncertainty, not knowing what you should do or where you should go? I say to you, don't look to people for your support. Don't blame others for the lack of your support but come to the Word and the promise of God again. Because no one understands like Jesus. He is the one who helps us through these particular times. Let us be constantly reminded of the promise of Christ. For He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So we read that in Hebrews chapter 13. And when the Apostle was penning that by the Spirit of God, he was most definitely looking back to Joshua chapter 1, when God said to his servant, after Moses had been taken, I will be with you. Be strong and of a good courage. Don't be disheartened. You're going to face a lot of enemies, but there will not be a man able to stand before you. Because the captain of the Lord's host that Joshua eventually met in person, the captain of the Lord's host is the one who said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And so this great promise is the abiding promise for the child of God in every every changing scene of life. 
I wonder, friend, today, if you're not a believer, you cannot trust in God and know His security and safety. You cannot know the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit and the peace that that brings. You cannot have that certainty because you don't know Him. It's not until you come to experience the knowledge of Jesus in your heart and life and that you have repented of your sin and called on the Lord for salvation. It is then when you have made your peace with God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that you will have indeed that abiding peace of God in your heart. You can know Him today. You can believe in Him and trust in Him. You can find that He is your anchor, your support, your everlasting salvation. And to know that today is to certainly know that it is well with your soul. What should you do? Oh, friend, you should call out to the Lord for salvation. And if you would like some help being shown from the Word of God, then I encourage you to speak to me at the end of the service today. Make an appointment. Come and talk to me anytime I'm available for you. And I will be happy to sit down and open the promises of God's Word and show you how that you can know that you are truly born again of God's Spirit. Notice, please, the second place today, that we will never be forsaken. Never alone and never forsaken. This promise that we have, that Jesus gave, I will not leave you comfortless. It's a great word. In the margin of your Bible, you will see the word orphan. And the word comfortless means to be bereaved or to be orphaned. Now we know that an orphan is a child who has suffered the loss of their parents. That's the basic meaning of it. The stories of war and famine, natural disaster, they have left so many children orphaned. Many Christian institutions have started for the cause and purpose of housing and feeding and helping and schooling those who have been orphaned from no fault of their own. And friends, when we think about the plight of children who have been in that situation. It's one of the heartbreaking plights of a sinful world where children left without parents whom they would naturally have grown to depend on, and now they're not there. And how many have been bereaved of loved ones? And when that happens, we can be seriously torn and crippled by the shock of sudden loss. Separation of death with the firm closure of the door of life, and it's welded shut. 
And friend, you cannot open that door again. And the loss of a loved one is a very serious matter in the life of an individual, a family member. Maybe you have lost a parent. Maybe you have lost a child. Maybe you have lost a husband or a wife. And these things have cut you very deeply in your soul, and you're wounded. And maybe today that wound has not healed. And every time you make a move, it's like having an open-heart wound. Every time you move your torso, you could feel the, the wound being stretched and pulled. Now, friend, that's the way it is when someone has lost a loved one, one that you maybe daily communed with, you daily spoke to, or if not in so many words, it was the communication of actions, the communication of, of scents or perfume or smells, the communication of just a passing glance. But now those things are gone. Now those things you do not have anymore. And you have been bereaved in a real sense joining together of the word orphan and being bereft are so close together. And there's loneliness. And it is palpable. It is so real, that loneliness, that you think it's something now of substance. And how many that would come around you maybe and try to comfort or encourage, and yet there's still that loneliness that's there. It's real. And you sense it today. And then there is on top of that the fear of what the future holds. What's on the calendar for your life, for the years or that you have left to live? You don't know. And there's so much uncertainty that links up with all this fear. No, I want to let you know today that when Jesus spoke these words, it did not mean that His people would not experience these things. Because the church of Christ has experienced these realities from His day and going back to the beginning. They are real. They are there. So what is the promise of Jesus all about. He is saying, friend, and He is reassuring His followers that they would not be alone and forsaken going through the times of their bereavement and orphanhood. He would not be left destitute Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. You are going to suffer persecution. You are going to have trials. All who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall go through these times. But to know that going through them we have Christ Jesus to be with us, it is making everything different. Pain will still be there. 
But the Lord will come along as the great physician and the great healer and the great comforter. And no, friend, you are never alone. You are never forsaken. What's the answer in times like these that we must walk through? And we cannot escape them. We must walk the road of grief. It is, friend, to take the Word of God and to believe the truth that Jesus spoke and to know that He will never fail us. His Word is true because it has been spoken and given by the Spirit of truth. We must take His promise to our hearts. And then, once taken, we must rest upon them. For we are His children. We have been adopted into the family of God. And we will never be forsaken by Him. These are the words, these are the precious promises that Jesus spoke to His troubled disciples. And these are the words that Jesus speaks to you today, to me, to us, to His children, to His people. I leave with you finally that we will never be hopeless, not alone, not forsaken, and not hopeless. He said, I will come to you. There are more than a few opinions of what exactly this means. It seems on the surface to be clear enough to understand the words, but oftentimes getting the full understanding of the word is not so easy. Is it that Jesus was saying He would come to them after His resurrection from the dead? Or was it that through the Holy Spirit He would come to them at Pentecost? Or was it that He would come to them, to all of us, at the second coming of the Lord? And commentators have given their reasons why they believe it's one thing or this one or another. But the fact is that in all of these examples, it is true what Jesus said. I will come to you. He did come to them after He rose from the dead. He met all His disciples fearful and quaking in that upper room. He did come to them by the power of the Holy Spirit in the day of Pentecost when God came down and dwelt among His people and filled them with the power of God to go forward in service. And my dear Christian, Christ's word is, I am coming again. And we can bank on that one. He is coming to receive His people to Himself. But I believe in the context of what we have before us, We could make special emphasis upon the Word of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. 
That's what he's talking about here. And therefore, the coming of Jesus to his church and to his people was most fully revealed and fulfilled in the day of Pentecost when the Spirit came and and then things began to happen in a way in which and to a degree and magnitude with which they did not happen before. Now understand this, that the Holy Spirit was active and working in the Old Testament. Old Testament believers knew the abiding presence of God's Spirit. We have specific examples where the Spirit came upon individuals, be it Noah or Moses or Elijah or Elisha, or Bezalel and Aholiab, who were part of making the tabernacle and the skill that God gave them. The Spirit of the Lord came upon them. What about David? David said, the Spirit of God was upon me. And so all these examples show us that the Spirit was active in the Old Testament, but now in the day of Pentecost, the Comforter was sent out in great fullness to His church. And so the promise that Jesus gives, I will come to you, is seen in the Spirit's abiding in the lives, in the hearts of every Christian. We know Paul said to the Corinthians that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus does also say that the Father and Himself and the Spirit will take up their abode in the heart of the Christian. And so, that helps us to think in our times when Jesus said, I will come to you, it is as good as saying, I am with you. And I will be with you unto the end. And I will never leave you nor forsake you. And the Spirit's abiding presence, Christian, in your heart today, that is your hope for time and for eternity. We are in a world that has no hope, friend. You think and talk to people in this world that have been overwhelmed by all the issues of health, shutdown, and they've been troubled about that. You speak to them about the wars going on in the world, the uncertainties, the shootings, so many things that destabilize societies and nations, and they don't have any place to turn because when they turn to a politician, they find that they have lied, they've deceived, they've gone their own direction, and they've disappointed. But I say to you today, friend, there is no disappointment in Christ. There is only satisfaction in Him. There is only hope that He gives and reassures in your own mind and heart. My dear friend, today, wherever you are, look to Him. Call out to Him. Trust in Him. My dear young friends today, You have not called on Christ Jesus to be your Savior yet. And at this point, you you may not be too interested in that. But I say to you, beware 
For you don't know what a day will bring. And you don't know when the day of death will be upon you. And I say to you, make ready. Be in time, for now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And Christ's arms are open to receive you now. But if you delay and you reject, you may find a time where there is no more opportunity for you. For God said, My Spirit will not always strive with man. The Spirit of God will not always be convicting and leading to Jesus. So beware, friends, and be in time. And believer, know this and be reassured from this precious promise of our Lord Jesus. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will abide with you forever. And you will be able to face tomorrow and the next day. And you will be able to face every day until your Lord calls you home to be with Him forever and forever. We'll bow, please, in prayer. Lord, please take Your holy and blessed truth, and I'm asking, Father, for it to be written on every one of our hearts. Hear our prayer today. Bless us now as we prepare ourselves for the communion table. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn, please, in closing this service. Number 617. I will never, never leave thee. If you're not staying for communion... I encourage you, please, to leave after we sing the first verse, and, uh, and then we will finish the hymn and then conduct our communion service. Standing, please, to sing. <laughs>